welcome you all to to this morning's class recording and being this afternoon's class um and what we're, we're trying to get some type of approach a type of approach to to shavuot and what what's it all about and, and where we began the, the the steps to get there and this this is funny because you know, people speak about shavuot and, and they think it's like oh yeah it's, 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 it's like not it's a bit in the secular world it's a bit of a non-player <laughs> like Pesach is a massive massive day and Hanukkah ranks um, or Shon Yom Kippur are definitely up there but Shavuot kind of gets get kind of <laughs> gets lost in the fog which, which is a little bit funny because without it there'd be no Pesach or the other stuff I love Shavuot yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, it's appropriate there's other people in the world right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're not the only person in the world but I'm saying could be suggesting as an as as, as a possibility, maybe the other people in the world. That's a cash. <laughs> <laughs> it's appropriate for the sake of the world. So, so there's there's a day called Shavuot, Shavuot, and I would argue, I think um, the man on my right would agree with me. It's possibly, in terms of importance and gravity, it's probably, probably the most important day ever. Without it, everything would be kind of different. In other words, the, the Gemara explains that the reason why it uses a definite article in the story of creation and says the sixth day is it actually. Do you know this? Ah, oh gosh, it's something to learn. Golly, golly, what an absolute surprise. Can you please pass me the Bible in front of you? What? The Bible. The Bessalonian. The Chumash. It's wrong to say the Old Testament because it implies that there's a New Testament and there isn't. <laughs> there's a new version and a new making up of some stories, but there's no new test, no new bris. Chas v'shalom, chalil v'chas. Renewing, renewing means it's old. You renew it, otherwise it would be called newing it. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Oh! It says over here, look at this. It says, Vayomer did it in the creation, and then in the creation it says, Vayerevayboike, Yom Revi. Yeah, and then, Vayerevayboike, Yom Chamishi. Vayerevayboike, Yom Hashishi. <gasps> gasp! Why does it put the definite article there? Gasp! 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 You get the point? Hashishi, hey? Glass Hosif hey b'shishi. The creator, when you wrote the Torah, added on an extra hey the sixth day on the sixth day of creation. The Gemara Masabrachis. Loma to say. That's okay. That's okay. Just make yourself at home. Come inside. Just saunter in. Loma, that is to say, Hashem made a condition with the creation. And he says, you can exist as long as the Jews accept the Torah. Another explanation is, everything is held in the balance until the 6th of Sivan, which is the day the Torah was received. And when the Jews received the Torah, so then the world became a solidified fact. So that means that if there is a day that's important 
in our lives and in the world, if there could be one day which would be the ultimate and most important day, one would have to say that that day is Shavuot. Because without it, so there would be no world. So even though in the midst of Jewish festivities it sometimes gets lost, um, it's an oversight which is essentially very tragic. So what, what, what happened? What happened on that day? What happened? What was so big about it? And what, more importantly, what happened to the Jews? So this is where we get to the secret. The secret called Naisev and Nishma. This is the big secret. It's a secret that only the angels know about. Well, the angels? Okay, before getting into angels, that's a whole difference. Who are angels? Malachim. Let's call them Malachim because angels connotes this, this kind of this like little fluttering baby. <laughs> that's a cherub, but you know... It's a, oh, sorry, you're, you're right. That's a cherub. Angels are like the same thing, but like the adult version. They've got these massive wings. Eagleine. Actually, how, how do you say it? Equinine. 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 Are you trying to say horse like? Uh, no, I'm trying to say. Equinox. No, no, I'm trying to say eagle like. Eagle like? Eagle like an eagle. Mm. Eagle testicle. Okay. Eagle testicle. Okay. Eagle testicle. Eagle Forces which were created to dispense the missions of the Creator. Malach, Malach. So the Malach knows the secret of Naisa Venishma. What is the secret of Naisa Venishma? Naisa Venishma is the statement that the Jews made in anticipation for the reception of the Torah. It's a very strange thing to say. It's a very strange thing to say. Naisa Venishma is a very strange thing to say because the connotation is we will do and then we'll find out what we have to do. And uh, based on the rules of logic, I think even. David Feinberg would agree that before you've done something, before you know about something <coughs> that you have to do, it's very difficult to do it. We will do, and then we will find out what we have to do. You mm-hmm. can't. You can't. You can't do before. What, what, well, what do you want to say? Why it's called shulos? Because there is an oath. We will do. They take the oath to do, and they heard what they had to do. No, it's called Shavuot because it comes seven weeks after Pesach and Shavuot is a week. Huh. So Shavuot means seven weeks later. Oh, really? Shavuot means oath. I don't know that. Oh, okay. It's good. That's what I'm telling you. That's why you're here. To learn more stuff. Yeah. And to change as a person. Yeah. Hashem, at least you learn more stuff. Uh, uh, Rabbi Wiener was talking on, uh, on the shows he gave the other day about when an idea comes, it first has, it's first like a present that's given to us, then it comes into actuality. Like it comes down, then we actualize it. Then, so there's, there's like a concept of it being there before it's actually so realized. The, so, that, so, that so do you want to take over? No, no, no. He has a book. He has a book. You sit here. I'll sit there. You sit here. I'm just trying to Oh, you know the word. How surprising. What is good from what I just said? I'm joking. I'm joking. You have to get the cynicism, bro. I know, but usually it's... I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, you have to, you have to, it's, it's complex, it's complex, it's complex. So is that, is that related to it Yeah, it's very much related. It's way too closely related, that's my problem with oh. it. Um, let's, let's explore the idea. The idea is interesting, to me at least. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's try to explore this idea. There's nice information we should do. Now, there's an obvious Rebbe Nossin, which is a Pirkei Avot, you've heard of that? Yes? 
right? There's something called Avot de Rebbe Natan. It, uh, it was a, a, a similar type of ethical tractate authored by a Tana called Rebbe Natan, Rebbe Nason. Oh, it's to Rebbe Nason, and it says like this. It says something which the Mission Perik Avot also says. Kol she ma'asav merub mechachmasay, chachmasay miskayemis. Yochol she ain ma'asav merub mechachmasay, ain chachmasay miskayemis. A person whose actions are greater than his wisdom, his wisdom lasts. A person whose actions are less than his wisdom, his wisdom does not last. So there's a fundamental question, again, and the opposite of Nazan says, Shenema brings us a proof to it. Shenema, as it says, we will do a meal here. I'm just going to have a brief break in the year as, as people start to doze off and lose concentration. And let's just consolidate. Um, what we're talking about here is Torah. We're talking about uh, a festival known as Shavuot. Now, what I want to do is I want to do something very, very, very strange. I want to make it real and not just speak about it in, in the air. And like, so you have a nice wart that you can vomit out at the next joint of table you get to. Yeah, um, forgive me. Forgive me for being so so abrupt, but uh, I want to try to live Torah, not just preach it. I want to try to engage in it on a real level. And when you hear this vote, it actually it, it seems deeply inaccess- inaccessible. Deeply inaccessible. It's a vote. So there's something called having more actions than, than knowledge. But that's impossible because you can't do what you don't know about. So what does it mean that you have more actions than knowledge? So the Rebbeinu in, in Shari Shiva points out to us an interesting idea. And it relates to what Michael so beautifully said earlier on. And that is as follows. When a person makes a commitment to do something, so the truth is, the commitment itself contains in potential every possible action that will be done in the future. If a person commits to being a god for the next two weeks, so every time he fulfills his guarding duties, it's not that they are now He's making a decision each and every time when he gets called up for his shift to become a god. The decision was made long beforehand. He's now just realizing what was there already. The commitment is the creation of the potential and the action is its fulfillment. Uh, can I make that more simple? Yeah. Okay, let me try. When, when you want to do something, Mike, you want to... You want to so it, it's almost like a contract. When you sign a contract, you're saying, I'm going to do the job. You haven't done it yet. But by signing that contract, every single time when your job responsibilities come in front of you, so you're keeping them, not because right now a new responsibility comes in front of you and you think, ah, oh, should I do this? Should I do this? Do you know what? I'm going to decide to do this. Your point of decision has been removed from you. When did the point of decision get removed from you? When you sign the contract initially. Now you don't have a choice. Now you do, because it was already there that you're going to do later on. Right. So the notion of a commitment is a creation of a potential that any action related to later on is not a decision that you make. It's not something new that you decide to do. It's really an embodiment of something that happened in the past. Right. Yes? So if that's true, that commitment is in the realm of wisdom. It's in the realm of chokhmah. It's not in the realm of action. So when it means that your maisim omeruba michochmosoi, it means that from your wisdom you will generate many, many, many actions. Your ideas, your ideas are committed ideas which in the future you will live up to. 
means that you will live up to what you believe because you understand that the actions which fulfill the knowledge you have are the essence of who you let, let's put it this way the notion of a committee means I connect to this and I put myself there this is what I'm going to do so that commitment becomes an expression of who you are the commitment and when you do the actions so those actions become the realization of who you are so the commitment is an expression of who you will be and the actions are that realization it's bringing it from potential to reality okay can I explain it differently let me explain it differently when a person makes a commitment let's say he makes a commitment to to he wants to hear he's going to be loyal to a friend so at the point when they make that that covenant of loyalty he says I will never ever betray you and I will help you for the rest of your life so at that point in time the loyalty and the nature of the friendship has been defined two weeks later the friend says listen I'm in a really tough spot I need to lend a thousand dollars his friend responds and gives him a thousand dollars as a loan that's nothing new that's just an expression of something that was there before as opposed to two people that they meet and they strike up a relationship but there's no condition there's no there's no there's no description of friendship two weeks later the guy says listen i need a loan will you help me out so he says mm, i'm not sure and he says, do you know what i'll help you out that's not an expression of something that was in the past that happened at that point in time that's something that which is not old that's new you follow me in hebrew that's called a chidush okay so that means that that's not a okay good so now what is nasev and ishma Nasser is saying, it's nice thing we will do. We will do is an expression of commitment. Venishma means, but we don't yet know how the commitment will pan out. When I say I'm committed to you, my friend, and I will help you under all circumstances, I don't know if he's going to ask me for a loan, or if he needs going to have emotional support, or if he needs going to help me to rescue him from, from drowning in the sea. I have no idea. So I say, Nasser, I'm committing to do it. Venishma, and I'll hear what to do later on. Now, when I've made that commitment, so when I do it later on, it's not something which is new, it's an expression of something which is there already. You following me? So when the Jews say Naisev and Nishma, what they are doing is they are aligning themselves fundamentally to what the Torah is. In other words, what are they doing? They're creating a sense of self which is completely locked into the prescriptions of the Torah that their self and Torah now become united because when they say whatever you tell me to do it means that's who I am as a result when I'm told what to do it's not some new thing that's added onto my persona it's an expression of the reality of my being and therefore it comes out that Torah is not prescriptive in terms of saying, listen guys, you have a life, you should also do this. And you should also do this. There's no life but Torah as it says, Ki They are the days of my life. So with this perspective, it completely transforms our adherence to the mitzvahs. It's not that we've got a life, we've got a personality, and we do mitzvahs and we put on and we daven. Rather, that we are a person that when we put on tefillin, it's because that's who I am. And when we put on tzitzit, it's because that's who I am. 
And when you, when you, when you dive in, it's because that's who I am. It's not that I'm deciding to do it now. It's a decision that was implanted into my spiritual genes at the Mount Sinai 3,300 years ago. And it's been perpetuated in the essence of the Jewish soul until this very day. So it means that my essential being is that. Now that, now that, and we'll, we'll pause briefly for a question, that, that is the vote. Now it's a great vote, and you can say, wow, and it is a tucker great vote. And it answers up, if you'll just bear with me for one more second, it answers up another fascinating quandary. There are, there are two things that a person has in his life. He has luxuries, and he has necessities. Now, our relationship to luxuries and necessities in terms of our emotional attitude varies. If we lack a necessity, we are stricken with pain. If a person doesn't have food to eat or water to drink, he feels desperate. If he has consistently that same necessity, he doesn't feel a sense of elation. He gets bread and water every day. He doesn't say, <gasps> bread, <gasps> water. He doesn't. He says, bread and water. So in other words, when it's a necessity, its lack creates tremendous pain and its fulfillment doesn't give tremendous joy, tremendous pleasure. A luxury works, Lewis, the exact opposite way. When you have a luxury, for example, you have a penthouse apartment on a idyllic beach in a far-flung island in the Pacific where the weather is perfect the entire year round and on this penthouse you have a balcony which has a superbly um, crafted jacuzzi and you are lying in the jacuzzi where the water temperature is just right not too hot not too cold and you're sipping champagne as the sun sets it's geschmack. That's a sense of geschmackheit, of elation. If you don't have that, and I'm looking around the room, and there's very few people in this room who do have this. Do you feel a sense of pain? Do you feel a sense of desperation? No. Having it is geschmack. It's elation. It's gewaldig. Not having it is no, no. So in fact, the relationship between necessities and luxuries are opposite. A lack of a luxury is not painful. Its acquisition is enormously pleasurable. With necessities, with the necessities, with the necessities, they lack is painful and their acquisition is nunu. It's okay. The exception to the rule are wise men, sainted rabbis, chachamim. A chacham, his relationship to chokhmah, to wisdom, is actually very different. When a person, and, and I've, I've had shrubbed shoulders with some of these people, a person who's a real time chacham, when he doesn't understand something in wisdom, he can't grasp it, it's almost as if he hasn't got bread to eat and water to drink. He feels desperate. But the irony is, when he gets it, he feels elated. So he kind of spans these two things. How do you answer that quandary? So Rav Hutner says, the difference is, because the Chochem looks at Chochmah not as he has life and he has necessities and he has luxuries. No. He looks as if a person who's drowning and he's slowly sinking underneath the water and he can barely breathe. And then he feels a strong arm pulling him out. <laughs> and he gasps and he's rescued and he's put him ashore. He almost lost life and there would be the most utter pain. And then you regain life. He's elated and ecstatic. For Chochem, because his commitment lies so deep and he realizes that Chochmah is part and parcel of his essential being, not having it is like someone's taken his life away from it. Giving it to it as if someone saved his life. Now, that's the vote in its entirety.
Gavaldic. Now we'll go, oh, it's Gavaldic. Oh. And now I say, and how do you relate to Torah? And then all of a sudden, there's this vast gap of my relationship. Because when I put on my Twilin, I don't feel there's my line. <laughs> and why I wear my titties? I wear my titties if I'm aware of them. I don't feel that every moment is this new exploration and discovery and uncovering of self. That's the problem and that's what being real has to confront. Before we do that, let's fetch a question from one extremely exhilarated looking, deeply involved, extremely excited, engaged, that What if a friend doesn't run $1,000? So then he's portraying his essential self. He's, 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 it's almost as if he's, he's made this commitment and he's defined who he is. And when he refuses to keep it, he, he destroys himself. It's not like he doesn't do something. It means he undermines his essential self. Now the question is, in the level of commitment, you can say he can almost destroy that. But if a person's essence is such that he can't re- reverse it, so what it means is he won't destroy it, He'll just cover it up. Cover it up. Um, let's fetch a question from obviously Rabbi Natan. Rabbi Natan. Hey, so how do you understand the idea of, of, of Gerim? So they, they, they said the Gerim were on Sinai, so they, they made a level of commitment 3,000 years ago, whatever. Then, but then in this lifetime that they're in, they have to make a new one, or so they're not, before they make that recommitment, they're, they're not really <coughs> expressing themselves and they're not fulfilling Torah. So there, there are sources which suggest that the neshama of a ger stood on Mount Sinai and it prods him to convert. But even before he's even decided to convert, he has something pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. And the process of conversion is not, um, it's, 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 it's a, rea- a regaining of his essential being. <coughs> In other words, some people were born with that and some people have to make a decision in this world to access that. But when he accesses that, he accesses the neshama that stood in Harsina, that made this commitment, that, that spiritual connection to the past. Did that didn't answer your question? So, so you wouldn't say, because when they say that a convert who comes to convert, because they're saying that before he actually makes a conversion, that that person, that neshama was already there. Before, that. before, even beforehand. So even there's before a, he makes a conversion. There's a Gemara that says, there's a Gemara that says, that converts are held responsible for postponing their entrance into the covenant of being Jewish. And that's absurd. How can you hold a person responsible for not converting before he's converted? Before he's converted, he wasn't, he wasn't responsible for anything. Hmm. And the answer that, um, I for, I've forgotten the source, but one of the sources says it's because even before his conversion, he has a push to convert. And therefore, if he doesn't respond to that, so he's held responsible for not responding to that inner calling. Which is fascinating, because that means even though any non-Jew in the world could convert, but the ones that do, the gay rate Sedek, it's because they have a connection to Sinai that prods them into the process of conversion. And if they don't? If they don't, they are, there's an element of responsibility. Fascinating? They'll be, they'll be judged for not. Something like that. Who knows how Who judgment knows? works, but, but there's an element of they should have done it. Um, let's fetch a question from Mr. Spaz. Um You said before that when the when the Jewish people made that connection to 
when when they made that commitment to the Torah, it binded them as as one. There's a statement in in, in the Zohar Kodesh which says, Hashem, Jews, and the Torah all one. That's what it is. And the only thing that that um, it, it poses a question for me is that you know when you make a commitment to to be with a best friend to say that I'll be there whenever you know whenever you need because we're we're establishing that there's still a difference between the friend and a friend. It's still two people agreeing on one aspect, and that's how I see the the the, the Torah and the Jewish um, Hashem, the Torah and the Jewish people. Through there's Hashem, then there's uh, the Jewish people, and then through this Torah is where they're going to connect and find that middle ground. How, great, how great point. It depends on it depends on the nature and how comprehensive the initial ex- receiving is. In other words, you write to the friend and you just you make a commitment to loyalty, it doesn't consume your entire life. But when you make a commitment to every action that you do will be based on directions given to you by the Creator, so then that encompasses the entirety of your life. It's not like you've got your life and then you're making this on top of it all. There's a part of your life which is devoted to this. It is you. It's all included. And anything, sorry, and anything that... Um, that you step out of that contract, quote unquote. Um, it's like you said, it's not really that you're, not really that you're taking it away. You're just somehow covering it up a little bit. You're denying yourself. You're leaving yourself behind, and that's why chuva means you, rec- you you're able to reclaim it. You're, you're returning to that contract. Returning. It's a return. It's not a. It's not a. The chuva not called chidush. It's called chuva. Return. Dave. We also get. We said that. Like, all, all Jews, the are connected to one source. One, one source, one source, Hashem. Hashem. So what about a ger? Does that mean that, that, that when his neshama is placed in his body, it's cut away from that source until then he becomes a ger, in which case then it's reconnected, so every time it's cut away and reconnects? I don't exactly how it works, because I understand the spiritual world, but it seems as if a ger is born with a neshama, which is... Which, which is Pining to be Jewish, and when he converts, the neshama becomes Jewish. It goes from it becomes. It says the Gemara says that Gershe Nisgerek Katan Shenoila Dami, a convert that converts is like a newborn, a newborn child. So there's an element of newness involved as well, but it's also something that because the other Gemara that says the Gemara hold accountable for not converting sooner, so there's another, that Gemara suggests that there's something there to begin with as well. Again, the, 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 the different neshamas, the, the different neshamas. becomes Jewish. Yes. The neshama becomes Jewish. Yes. So then, the second time, when it's brought back... What do you mean the world, second time? Which second time? Gilgulim. Gilgulim. Well, where, how do we get to Gilgulim? I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, where did you get this Gilgul from? I don't know about Gilgulim. He's bringing Gilgulim. Try to be in one share at a time before you start bringing out Gilgulim. Saying, like, when the How do Gilgulim work? Can be a person can become as Gilgul as a cat and as a dog and as a rabbit and as a frog. It's it really unlucky as a lice. Louse. 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 Things that are horrible lice. bugs. Yeah, lice. Yeah, one 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 louse, two lice. Mm-hmm. One mouse, ah. two mice. It's true. Yeah. One die, two dice, yes. I'm saying, like, one sheep. 
one sheep, two sheep. <laughs> I don't know how Gilgulim work. What do you want from Gilgulim? I don't understand. Not because of Gilgulim. Not because of Gilgulim. They don't come back. They, it could be that they gave them some water to Hasina and it hasn't entered into a body yet. Ah, sorry, I didn't understand your point. Every person, every Jewish neshama was in Har Sinai. And the reason why you get your neshama, you may be the first time getting your neshama, was still in Har Sinai. It's not Gilbo. Plus, the Gerlo has a, has a non-Jewish neshama, though, right? Yes, after, before he's Geras, before he's Geras, and then he gets a different neshama. But if if it was a if it was a Ger that was at Har Sinai, then it was a Ger at Har Sinai. Therefore, it's a Jewish neshama. Okay. And then when it's put into a non-Jewish body, it's a Jewish neshama. Okay. How do I don't know how it works? I don't know how it works. How do I know how it works? What do you want to do? Why? why are there? So, there's, so there's, there's, it works as if it's in his body, but it doesn't have its full state. It's enclosed in a shell. I can't tell you how the shell looks. And when he does the gas process, it gets out of the shell. Okay? Happy? I don't know. What happens to the other shell? I don't know. So now, I don't, I don't, there's an exchange. Like, okay, Angel. Um, Three neshamas need to be swapped down there, South Dakota. Okay, what are you going to do with the old neshamas? Okay, we're building for refurbishing, we're getting someone else. Great. Bring them another. I don't know, I don't know. What do you want from me? Not time. Um, so, I, I, I thought that all Jewish souls, like, even, like everyone here, that uh, they were included within the bodies, within the neshamas, who were in the bodies on Mount Sinai. All the 600. I don't know. I, I don't even mean that they were. Exi- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's talk about things I do know. Okay, let's talk about things I do know. Cricket. Let's talk about cricket. Okay, later. Okay, just to clarify, you said you said two separate things. I'm trying to put together. Good. One about the commitment and then actualizing it. Yes. And the other one was about this need and a luxury. Yes. How do those speak? Two things go together. By actualizing it, you need to make sure it's a. If if your initial commitment, if your initial commitment, is so deep that you realize that when you do it, you're Not actually expressing your life force. So when you don't have it, it's as if you've been taken away your life, and when you do have it, you'll be ecstatic. That's right. When you actualize it, you get the enjoyment of breathing. That's right. That's right. So again, that, that's a vote. But now we have to try live the vote. Sorry, is it like a necessity then? It's a necessity. Oh, it's, it's more than a necessity. It's like a life. So when you get it, it's it like you've been life. given your life. And when you take it away, it's like you've lost your life. But, but in carrying it out, it'll feel like a necessity. It'll feel like your life. It'll feel like you've, you've expanded your life. It'll no, feel like beforehand you didn't have this piece of life, and now you've got a new piece of life. You'll feel much more alive. You'll feel that much more alive. When what? When you, do the, when you understand the Chochmah, when you carry it out. Yes, and you don't, right? Yeah. You don't. I know you don't. I was watching you. I know you don't. So the, que- so the question is, the question is, how do you do that? And that was, that's, what, that's what I mean by the vote and other reali- How do you live the vote? Yes. There's a vote. The vote's all nice to say, but now, okay. But I don't feel like that. But that's what Shavuos is. That's what you are. So how, why don't you feel like that? What's wrong with you? So I don't know. So I have to figure out. So we have to move from there. You should feel like it's someone giving you a life. You were drowning until now, and someone saved you, and they've given you a life. You should feel like not much, 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 much more than a luxury. Uh, so much more. It's like someone's just saved your life. They've given you a new chunk of life, a new lease on life. So tomorrow you're going to tell us how to achieve that. So tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> obviously you're not going to fit in three minutes. Right? Obviously not. So you we'll have to wait till tomorrow. Yourself. I like it. No, it was a great. Uh,